confess after me, say, this is God's word, not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you, Father, that your word is designed to help us live a more than abundant life. I pray, Father, that as your people hear the word that you have deposited, not only in my heart, but in your word, that, Father, truly life will be spoken. Life will be received. Change will take place. And we can expect signs, miracles, and wonders to follow your word because your word will not return unto you void. So not only do we declare it, but we expect to see the word work in our lives. And as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God increasing to feed every person in this room spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. As I said earlier, the month of October is considered clergy month. And this is the time in America where we've chosen to celebrate and honor those who God has chosen to minister in his body. However, I feel it is very difficult to honor and celebrate something or somebody that we don't think we need. So I'm starting a new series this month called Lost, L-O-S-T. You can write that down. And then as a subtitle, you can write down Life Without a Pastor. And we're going to discover some very startling yet freedom-producing truths that I believe will help each one of us see the value of a pastor. And then help us see why we need them in our lives and how our lives can enormously get better as we receive them into our lives. So today's lesson in our series is entitled GPS or God's Purpose for Shepherds. Now, uh, this would not be a popular series on television because, see, the world, they, if you notice, there is an onslaught to just reduce the value of anyone who's in spiritual authority. I know we're aware of what's going on right now in, uh, in the church world, but you know what? It's only the enemy's job to distract us. The Bible says if you smite the shepherd, what's going to happen to the sheep? The sheep will scatter. Well, my goal this morning is to help you see why you need a pastor and the benefit that this person can have in your life. Now, before I do that, uh, I think it was last week, uh, Heaven plays soccer all over the Metroplex, and most of the locations are at least an hour away, okay? And they're in locations where you would not have known had you not had a GPS, 
And so my wife was going to a particular location, and uh, she was going to go in, in, in her red car, which doesn't have a GPS, uh, doesn't have a navigation system in it. I said, babe, do you know where you're going? She said, well, I think I know where I'm going. I said, babe, take the car with the navigation in it. Why? Because the navigation is designed turn by turn to get you where you need to be. Well, I believe God's purpose for shepherds is going to help you have a turn by turn spiritual direction for your life. Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Very, very practical uh, teaching this morning, but I'm going to open your eyes to some things because uh, most of the time you cannot receive from what you don't think you need. That's why so many people stay at home because they don't see the spiritual ramifications of having a pastor in their life. Mark chapter 6, and then we're going to look in verse 34. If you're there, say, I'm there. Now, the best way to fulfill personal purpose and to have proper spiritual self-esteem. Say spiritual self-esteem. See, I don't have a problem with self-esteem, but you need to have spiritual self-esteem. Because spiritual self-esteem says that I believe what God says about me. Amen. And so we must have spiritual self-esteem. And that only comes by knowing who we are and who God has assigned us to help us get there. Amen. In Mark chapter 6, look in verse 34. Now this was a story about uh, Jesus and they had uh, fed the 5,000. And we're going to pick up in verse 34. And it says, and Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people. And he was moved with what, class? He was moved with compassion toward them. Why? Because they were as what, class? They were as what? Sheep not having a what? Not having a shepherd. Now, I'm going to focus on the latter part of this in just a second. But I want you to see Jesus' remedy, first of all. He first had to have some compassion for these people. But then, uh, coupled along with his compassion, notice it says that he saw them as sheep without having a shepherd. And there was a remedy that he gave them. Because if you read the the, the rest of the verse, notice what it says. What does it say? He began to teach them many things. That's the purpose of a shepherd. It's to be able to teach God's people God's word. Now, uh, that word shepherd there, he said uh, sheep without a shepherd... I want you to write this down as a definition. A shepherd is a natural or spiritual person who guides, governs, and guards a flock. I'm going to say that again. A shepherd, whether it's natural or spiritual, is a person who guides, say guides, governs, and guards a flock. That's what it is. And in the Greek, that, that word shepherd is the word ponea. I can't pronounce it properly, but it's spelled P-O-I-M-E-N-A. Now, keep your can here. We may come back, but go to Ephesians chapter 4. Let me show you the same word shepherd. Let me show it to you in a different English word. It's the same word, P-O-I-M-E-N-A. It's the same Greek word, but it's a different English word. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. Jesus said these people were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4... Look in verse 11. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, and he gave some, what's that word? Apostles. And then what else? Prophets. And what else? 
notice he say some on all these because everybody can't be all these. You, you know, I mean, if, if everybody was everything, we, then we all be messed up. Okay. But he says some prophets, some evangelists, and some what? Pastors. The word pastors there is the same Greek word for the word shepherd that Jesus used over there in the book of Mark. So the word pastor means shepherd and the word shepherd means pastor. So I want you to write down this as a, as a take-home statement. You do not use what you think you do not need. Now, why did I say that? Write down 1 Peter 2.25. You don't have to turn there. This is what it says. For we were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. So at one point in our lives, we were like lost sheep. And God saw that, so he decided to send us the great shepherd. Say the great shepherd. And what's interesting, every word in the New Testament for the word shepherd, when it talks about Jesus being the good shepherd, it's the same word here that we're talking about. Jesus is referred to as the great shepherd. But then God also puts some under shepherds in place. And I'm going to show you what they are supposed to do for your life. Pastors, let me keep reading. It says in verse 11, it says, uh, and he gave some. Now, when someone gives you something, it's your option to take it or not. Are you with me? So someone can actually give you a gift and you never use it. Which means that whatever the potential of that gift is to help you in your life, it's, it's, your, it's your loss or gain whether you choose to use it or not. And unfortunately, it says, and he gave some. Some people see a pastor as an option for their life. Why would they see it as an option when God gave them to them? Now, I'm going to show you uh, here in the lesson that it is so critical. And I can see why there are so many wandering sheep in the body of Christ. They are saved and they go to churches sometimes, but they are still wandering because they have not received the gift of a pastor. Amen. Y'all might have quiet this morning, but it's all good. So pastors are gifts and God has called them to perfect the saints. If you just keep reading that verse, it says in verse 12. He says he gave some pastors for the perfecting of what? For the perfecting of the saints to do what? To do the work of ministry. See, my job is not really to do the work of ministry. My job is to equip you to do it. I can't be in 25 hospitals at one time, but all y'all can. Amen. That doesn't mean I won't visit. I will visit. But at the same time, my job is to equip. Had we not equipped the right people to do baptism last week, baptism would have been a big flop. Literally. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that, did you? Y'all need, here you go. Y'all need a drink of my Red Bull this morning? All right. That was a dry joke. Okay, I got it. I got it. Thank you, Pastor Che. You will preach second service. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. How many believe we need air to breathe? Let me see your hand. Okay, we need air to breathe. How many know we need food to eat? Let me see your hand. We need food to eat. How many know the food comes from some other source other than ourselves? How many know the air comes from other source uh, other than ourselves? In other words, God created us not to be independent beings. 
He created us to be interdependent beings. And what happens is we cannot live independent from plants because they're the ones that feed us oxygen. Okay? And the plants can't live without us because they're the ones that need the carbon dioxide. I think that, is that right? How many, how many scientists in here? That's okay. Y'all, okay. Verify what I'm saying. In other words, I need you to see that if God has created us to be interdependent beings, it is necessary for us to see that on the spiritual side. Amen. Now, let's look at what pastoring is all about. Let's look at, go to Jeremiah chapter 3. Now, I'm going to step on some toes this morning, and uh, I'm not doing it. It's, it ain't even on y'all's toes. It's not even going to be on y'all's toes. It's going to be on preacher's toes and on pastor's toes and, 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 and people like that. Jeremiah chapter 3. God has some set criteria that he uses to call a person who he delegates to be a pastor. I'm going to say that again. God has his own criteria. You can't make your criteria up. He has his own criteria that he uses to call a person who he delegates to be a shepherd and to pastor his people. In Jeremiah chapter 3, look at verse 15. It says, and I will give you, this is God talking. He says, and I will give you, word of truth, pastors according to whose heart? Oh, he said, I'm going to give you a pastor after my heart. And this person is going to feed you with knowledge and with understanding. Man, ain't nothing like going to church and coming in hungry and leaving out hungry. Because we've all been a part of a church where they were talking about stuff that we didn't understand. They kept talking and talking and uh, y'all ain't praying for me now. And uh, can I get a witness? And even though he ain't said nothing right now, y'all are getting in the groove. Ain't said nothing. Ain't said a scripture. Ain't read no Bible. Come on now. Go to Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 78. Go to Psalm 70. God has his own criteria of who he has called to, to, to shepherd his people. And God does not take it lightly. And I'm going to show you why some pastors are not succeeding. Because, see, you can't call yourself. I said it last week. You can't call yourself. There may be an internal revelation But there has to be an external confirmation. See, you may have an internal revelation that God wants you to be a pastor. But somewhere in your life, there's got to be an external confirmation or you you just feel you calling yourself. Let me say something. God always follows his own rules. Even Jesus had to have an external confirmation of who he was. He went to John the Baptist and God had already spoke to John the Baptist. He said, John, there's going to be one among you whose shoes you ain't going to be able to untie. And that's the one. Once you see the dove come on him and stay on him, that's the son of God. That was a confirmation of Jesus. Well, watch this. Even John the Baptist had a confirmation that was a man. Isaiah talked about John the Baptist way before he came. Amen. So if you're calling yourself, you need to have an external confirmation. 
Psalm 78. Look in verse 70. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Okay, watch this now. It says, he is talking to my God. He chose David. Who chose David? God chose David, also his servant, and he took him from the sheepfolds. In other words, a pastor ought to be a sheep before he's a pastor. I mean, some of the worst people that can lead folk are people who have never been led themselves. That's why you don't want to put somebody newly saved into a pastoral office because they don't even know what it's like to follow. Amen. He says he chose him from the sheepfold. Watch this now. From the following the ewes and great of young. Verse 72. So he, David, fed them, them who, them the sheep, according to the integrity of his what? Heart. And he guided them by the what? Skillfulness of his hands. I love that. That just says that, that, that. There are some skill sets that a pastor needs. And one of them is he needs to have integrity. Now, you can't feed somebody something you don't have. Notice it says David fed them from the integrity of his heart. The word integrity means innocence, simplicity, and uprightness. Now, I want you to write this down. Perfection and integrity are completely different. Y'all missed that one, didn't you? Okay. Notice it says he, he fed them from the integrity of his heart. But I'm going to say this again. Integrity and perfection are completely different. Meaning that the person who may be ministering to you the word of God from the integrity of his heart is not a perfect person. Amen. And that's what happens. We put people on these big old high pedestals and then sometimes they mess themselves up. And, and, and you know what? There's no excuse. No excuse. And, you know, we're going to be beaten with many stripes. See, you don't want to be a pastor because, uh, you know, God still whoop. He said we're going to be beaten with many stripes. Okay, what does that mean? That sounds like a whooping to me, don't it? Whatever. But <laughs> when we get, to, basically, in heaven, we're going to be judged in a greater manner than those who didn't teach people. Amen? Amen. So perfection and integrity are completely different. And when God chooses a person to shepherd, one of them, he wants you to have integrity. Now, the word chose, it says he chose David. It means he decided and he appointed. A congregation didn't do it. Okay, okay, boy, y'all slow on me today. Y'all going to make me have to plow this morning, huh? Okay, here's the thing. This is what makes denominational churches so difficult to really be led by the Spirit of God. Because you have a group of people who are making the decisions on who they want to be a pastor. Now, there are processes I believe you can use for that. But I'm just saying, though, if you choose them to pastor, you can choose them and make them tell you or preach whatever you want them to preach, too. Because, see, if something's wrong in the church and the pastor see it and he start preaching against it and the people that chose him say, don't be preaching about that. See, so, so, so God chose, he decided, he appointed David. Now, also the word guided means, he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. It means to be led, to straighten. And the word skillfulness means discretion, reason, and understanding. In other words, David led those people from the discretion, from 
from, from the integrity, from the wisdom of his heart. Now, here's what's interesting. Why, do, why did God choose shepherds or pastors to lead people? Why? Why did he do that? Well, I want you to turn your Bibles quickly to the book of Jeremiah again. Let's go to Jeremiah. Uh, you know what? Keep, go to Jeremiah 10. Put your little ribbon there because we're going to come back. Jeremiah 10. Keep your ribbon there and go to Luke chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2. Let me show you something that most people don't realize. Why did God choose shepherds? I mean, why didn't God just, just lead the church from heaven? Why didn't he just stand up there? Just, remember now, he spoke to Moses. Remember Moses went on the mountain and he spoke to him and he gave him the Ten Commandments? Why don't God just lead from up there? Okay, I need you now to go left. Turn right. Why, why, why did he just put somebody down here? Because... He knows that we are natural as well as we are spiritual. And in Luke chapter uh, 2, look in verse 8. Let me show you something. Watch this now. This is when the birth of Jesus came. And there was in the same country shepherds there. We go again. What, what were they? Shepherds. They were abiding in the field. They were keeping watch over their flock by night. So while some of y'all are outside, you know, you out 2 o'clock in the morning, pardon, pastor praying for you. Lord, get them home safely. Give them a designated driver. Let them wake up and go to church in the morning. <laughs> That's a praying. Look at verse 9. And lo, an angel of the Lord came to the shepherds, and the glory of the Lord shone right about them. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy. Verse 11. For unto you this day is born in the city of David, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying where? In a manger. And suddenly the, the, the angels went away. And then if you look in verse 16. Well, look in verse 15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which uh, has come to pass, which the Lord had made known to us. Now, now watch this. Now, here's my question. Why did God choose shepherds to go announce the birth of Jesus? Why did he, why, he could have used the wise men. He could have used the, the government. He could have used mama them. But he chose some shepherds. You know why? Because shepherds were known to be honest and trustworthy. So he said, you know what? I need to, because everybody would not have believed everybody. So think about it now. You're now trusting shepherds to go and deliver a message that the Messiah, the one that people have been looking for all these years, has finally come. And he entrusted that message to some shepherds. Amen. So uh, let's go now to Jeremiah 10. Go, go, go to Jeremiah 10. Go to Jeremiah 10. There's a reason why everyone who is a pastor may not be prospering while they're doing it. Because, see, everybody's not called to be one. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stand flat-footed on this one this morning. See, everybody that you see that church sign that's up on the road, everybody ain't called to do that. No, no, no. Do you know how many? 300 churches close every month. Did you know that? Yeah, that means 300 shouldn't have never started. Amen. Oh, I'm just in there, ain't it? I'm in there, ain't it? <laughs> what I tell you go? Jeremiah 10? Yeah, go to Jeremiah 10. Look at, 
Look in verse 21. Watch this now. This is very, boy, God don't be playing when it comes to this stuff right here. Watch this. For the pastors have become brutish and they have not sought the Lord. Therefore, they shall not prosper and all their flocks shall be scattered. God is not going to let no man take advantage of his church. See, you can sin for a little while, but it's only a little while. You're going to get busted. If you sin on a regular basis, you don't want to be a pastor. No, 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 no. Y'all missed that one. If you just, you know, if you're a regular sinner, I'm talking about where you ain't trying, you you don't want to be a pastor. Because God has a way of just letting the devil just expose you. Bam! Now go to Jeremiah 23. And then, uh, you know, this wonderful message that y'all are getting a lot of claps from. Uh, Jeremiah 23. We'll, we'll stop right here. Jeremiah 23. Let me tell you something. God will never leave you shepherdless. Never. He will never do that. Jeremiah 23. Watch this now. Ooh, look at verse 1. Here we go again. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my people. You have scattered my sheep and have driven them away and you have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings. Then he says, and I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where where, uh, they have been driven. And I will bring them again to their fold and they shall be fruitful and they will what? Increase, watch verse 4. And then he says, and I will set up shepherds over them, which shall what? Feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither, watch this now, shall they be lacking. When you are a sheep under a shepherd, you really should not be lacking. Okay, 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 okay. Go to Psalm 23. Go to Psalm 23. Y'all are a hard crowd this morning. I'm gonna have to, I, I didn't bring my chisel. I, I just came in with like, you know, my... I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I ain't scared of nobody in here. <laughs> Go to Psalm 23. Go to Psalm 23. Watch this now. I just said if you are under a pastor, if you are commi- is submitted to them, you shouldn't be lacking. Watch this. He says, now, the Lord is my shepherd. And then what happens? Huh? I shall not want. What happens? He leads me beside. He makes me lie down in what kind of pastors? Green Green pastors. I've never seen a sheep eat hay. Sheep eat grass. Some of y'all was at church and they were just feeding y'all hay. Hay is for horses. He said he'd lead them beside green pastors. That means that's fresh word. That's not the same old. That's not he died. And he, come on, we know he died. What did he do when he got up? Um, All right, y'all need to know. Don't be messing with me now. He makes me lie down in green pastors. This shepherd leads me beside the what? Let me tell you some facts about a sheep. One thing about a sheep is that a sheep does not like to drink where the water's moving. 
a shepherd, when there was a river coming, a shepherd would block the river off with, with rocks so that the water would be still. Because sheep are very timid creatures. So if the water was moving, they wouldn't drink it. So he would have to lead them beside the, come on class, still waters. Let me give you some more facts about sheep. I thought, I thought this was interesting. Uh, this is scientifically now, okay? Now, some of these words I don't know how to pronounce real good, but I'm going to do my best. It says, behaviorally, sheep are gregarious, pre- precocial. Well, it says C-O-I-L. How you say that? Precocial and defenseless creatures. What does that mean? Gregarious means that they flock together or like to be with the group. It is rare to see a sheep by itself because of its gregarious nature. So you have to ask yourself, why you want to be by yourself all the time? Now, now what's interesting is the wolves always attack the sheep that by themselves. Precocial means that they have a high degree of independence at birth. This means that they can stand on their feet shortly after birth. But here's a problem. Notice this. When, they, when, when sheep are born, they, they, they independent. Which means now, those of you who just have to be independent, it's you and uh, you still a baby. It just said there that sheep are very independent at birth. They can stand up on their own. But see, if you don't understand that you are interdependent and not just independent. See, that's why some of y'all lone strangers, lone rangers. I don't need nobody. I can have church out by myself. You a baby. You a little baby sheep. Okay, here's the last one. Then we'll stop. Oh, man, I'm out of time. Okay, let me give you one more. All right, here, here we go. Uh, here's that last word. Sheep are also very selective in their grazing habits. They're very selective. Listen to this now. A sheep cannot live no more than four days without water. I wonder how many days do we go without reading the word? Jesus said, man cannot live by bread alone. Sheep will not drink from running water. Sheep are very naive creatures and must be led. Watch this. Sheep graze for 20 20 to 90 minutes. When they eat, they eat 20 to 90 minutes at a time. Now y'all wonder why I'm telling y'all to listen to the word every day. These these CDs are about 25 minutes or so. Listen to the word. Because you need to graze for 20 to 90 minutes. And then sheep must be sheared for their hair or it'll get so bushy that they'll get get caught up in briars and thorns. And that's when the enemy just tries, you know, try to get you, you know, a big bad wolf. So just, uh, I guess the crust of today is to help you get a perspective of what this person called a shepherd is supposed to do. Is it crust? What is it? Whatever. How many knew what I meant? Let me see your hand. Thank you. Crust, cruts, it don't matter. Crutches. That's the crutches of the matter. (laughs) 
Remember now, integrity and perfection ain't the same. <laughs> so listen, next week, I want you to come because I'm going to show you the advantage of what a pastor can do in your life. Amen? Every head by and every eye closed. You may be here this morning, and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Well, first of all, he's the great shepherd.